Welcome back to the Music Matters Media Podcast. Today, we have a very exciting episode for you guys. We are going to be talking about the one, the only, Champagne Poppy himself, Drake. He just released his latest album, Certified Lover Boy, earlier this month on September 3rd. There is so much to get into and to go through throughout this album. Eric, I'm really excited for this one. I don't know about you. Listen, man, I know that this was absolutely a long time coming, especially because I know how much of a huge fan of Drake you are. So I knew that you were absolutely going to be very excited for this when I saw news of a new album and how long it was going to be. I was like, oh, man, let's let's see what uh, let's see what he comes with this time, you know, especially after the last album that uh, we reviewed Scorpion. You know, I, I felt like we each kind of had an idea of what this is going to be like. So, you know, uh, we have both listened to it now, and I'm sure that we both have uh, our takes on it. So let's see, let's see what we come up with. <laughs> Two things to say with that. I cannot believe that Scorpion was released three years ago already. That Wow, time flies, man. It really wow. does. It really does, right? Isn't that insane to think about? I still remember, uh, you know, listening to that album, you know, before we reviewed it and then, you know, what we each said about it. <laughs> I still remember the way we ended that episode you know, <laughs> where I where I was like, whoa, that's the end of the album. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. there's that. And then the second thing I want to say is I have been listening to Certified Lover Boy CLB for short on repeat since it's come out oh yeah i'm sure i i know you too well and i know that you definitely fell in love with a lot of songs on this album i can't even imagine i'm getting a little bit ahead of of myself here but i can't even imagine what your top five is going to be like with this one that's definitely something i'm looking forward to finding out so this is going to be a very interesting uh, topic of conversation Oh yeah, you better believe it, Eric. Going over our top five is always my favorite part of the episode when we do review episodes, album review episodes, or EP review episodes. And it's because we do not tell each other what our top fives are or what songs we're remotely interested in or anything, any review about anything prior to going into recording. So Mm -hmm. I go into it you know, with my own takes, you go into it with your own takes, and then we discuss it here for the very first time together, and you get that real and raw reaction and response. 
Yeah, that's definitely one thing that we always stress to our listeners. Of course, the people who have been with us since the beginning know this already. But if you are new to our podcast, she's absolutely right. You know, we when we listen to albums or EPs or what have you, uh, it's almost like a, it's almost like a very closely guarded secret. We don't we don't talk about the album at all. We don't mention it. Maybe we'll you know mention it in passing or something. But you know, other than that, we stay very quiet about about uh, whatever we review. We just keep to ourselves, listen to albums, EPs, absorb them, and we don't say a word until literally we are recording. And so. That always keeps things interesting because I feel like with whichever album or EP we uh, review, there's always, always a surprise. I don't think there's ever been a single episode where we've reviewed something <laughs> and we're not, we're not surprised by something uh, that we have to say about it, you know? I genuinely love the surprise of comparing and contrasting our thoughts upon our favorites, our least favorite it's always a good time and a super fun experience to go through. Yeah, and then, and then of course, you know, sometimes we're like, we keep each other on our toes because, uh, you know, we're like, you know, can you guess what it is? Can you guess what it is? You know, it's, uh, it's always fun to, you know, really see what the other thinks of, of something, you know? And with that being said, before we get too ahead of ourselves, talking about our top five and our least favorite, let's just talk about our general thoughts overall about the album so eric what did you think upon first listen of clb and what did you think with repeated listens so listen uh before i listened to this album and and i'm not somebody that you know really bases my decisions on the opinions of others but before listening to this album i mean wow what a freaking what an impact this album had on people. I mean, just, you know, opinions were all across the board. Of course, I didn't really read much of them, but I knew that this album definitely caused a stir online and just in the music world in general. Oh, yeah. So, so before going into it, I was like, oh man, like now I, de I genuinely don't know what to expect, you know, especially because I feel like Scorpion was such a high point in Drake's career. Uh, it's set a really high bar. So then when, you know, this album got people talking, I'm like, oh, man, this uh, this definitely seems to have, a, you know, opened the floodgates online. So let's see what's in it. And upon first listen, the way I listened to it, I don't know how you did this. Everybody listens to music differently. But the way I listened to Certified Lover Boy, I split it up into three parts. Interesting. So basically, I divided, it's 21 songs, I divided the album into seven songs per listen, if that makes sense. So on one day, I listened to seven, on another day, I listened to seven, and then on another day, I listened to seven. If I really want to get a true appreciation for this album, I should break it up into thirds, because if I try to listen to it in one sitting, I'm going to get distracted, my mind's probably going to wander. It is a lengthy album for sure, and it's a lot to take in all at once, I'll give you that. Yeah, and so I didn't really want to forget the other songs. Like, I didn't want to lose track of what I had just listened to. So I figured splitting it up is the best way to go if I really want to give a solid opinion on it. And honestly, with each, with each part that I listened to, I liked it more and more. Uh, 
as it progressed you know wow really yeah like uh you know the first third of it because i listened to the third so the first third i was like okay this is pretty good second third i was like all right it's it's getting a little better and then by the final third um i would probably have to say the the final third is where i was like wow you know there's a, a little bit more variety in this last act of the album and now that i you know put all three parts together i can definitely say that in my opinion the album just gets better as it uh goes down the track list you know uh in the beginning i i was like eh, you know in terms of the lyrics i kind of felt like some songs on the first part all kind of you know talked about some of the same things and this isn't to say that you don't hear those topics on the other parts of the album but for the first third i was like okay i i get it you know he's he's definitely talking about some of the same subjects they definitely overlap but it's still pretty good second half i noticed that there was a little bit of a shift it uh definitely combined the r&b and the hip-hop a lot more and then in the third act i feel like i felt like there was a lot more variety in terms of the production in terms of the lyrics i felt like the songs definitely sounded different from one another in the last third i felt like he definitely changed it up a lot more uh and i also really do like one thing that he did on certain songs which i'm a sucker for and that is the shift in sound yes i know exactly what you're talking about specifically he does this on as far as i can remember three songs champagne poetry uh which really sets the tone for the rest of the album but i really love the shift in sound halfway through the song i always love it when anybody does that whether it's a hip-hop artist or a rock band or what have you i love it when at the drop of a hat they can just like shift between different sounds and it kind of almost becomes a whole different song and eric yes. speaking about champagne poetry specifically real quick can you tell our listeners where that sample is from hmm. you know i genuinely did not even think about that if i'm being honest with you do you want to take a guess and then i'll tell you Oh man, I'm <laughs> uh, honestly, you know what? Let's just let me be surprised. You know, uh, what what would an episode of Music Matters Media be without <laughs> some surprises? So, uh, lay it on me. What is it? Very true. The sample is actually from the song Michelle by the Beatles. Wow, cool. Wow. And specifically, the words, I love you, I love you, I love you, that's all I want to say, until I find a way, I will say the only words I know that you'll understand. And basically, they take the sample from that song, Michelle by the Beatles, and they speed it up, and, you know, they distort it and reconfigure it, and this is how the track Champagne Poetry came about. Wow, okay, that's awesome. That is definitely awesome. But yeah, you know, I, I, I love that shift in that song. And of course, I also love the shift in other songs such as TSU. And I also love the shift in effing fans. I, I love that he does that on, on the songs. You know, I love that it almost makes it seem like there's two songs in one. I know that's also something that I really loved about Scorpion, you know, uh, specifically songs like Final Fantasy. I mean, I, I love that song. I know. I remember how much you love that song. So, yeah, I, I still play that one all the time, uh, you know, now. 
but uh but i was very happy to see that that made a comeback on this album i feel like he reached a new a new height with his vocals on this album i feel like he definitely flexes that uh that muscle a little bit more he kind of became a better singer on this album my opinion eric to go back a little bit to your previous comment about the album as a whole and how you found the latter half of the album the second part to be where it really picks up steam what were some standout tracks for you on the latter half of the album and what really got you going to be like yeah now this album is really doing something for me okay so for the latter half of the album i'll just name a couple i don't want to give everything away (laughs) you know saving some surprises of course but uh for the latter half of the album i definitely really loved well i don't know if this counts as being on the latter half i feel like this one falls maybe in the middle but uh 7 a.m on bridal path oh yeah yep (laughs) you know it's just awesome lyricism you know he's uh he's it's one of those songs where he's just being brutally honest you know there's no there's no pretense there's no there's no trying to you know show off it's honestly just him speaking how he truly feels about other people about the world i love when he says uh you know my losing nights are still a vibe i think that's pretty cool yeah i love that line as well this is him really just venting and getting a lot of things off of his chest i just think that this song uh 7 a.m on bridal path uh and even uh the remorse you know songs like like those two they're on the same lyrical level as, for example, Emotionless from Scorpion. Where, yeah, that's a great comparison. Where, you know, he just really makes you think about what he's saying for a minute, you know? Now, it's not specifically said in the song, but do you know a lot of people have gathered that it is aimed at a certain somebody? Can you guess who that somebody is? Honestly, I mean, no, I, I can't. But honestly, that's the general feeling I get. From this album in general i feel like he's speaking to someone specific there's been an ongoing quote-unquote beef between drake and kanye west and that well, seems yes, to be the I, case here with especially 7 a.m got it i mean yes i got that too i got that that's that sense that you know there's a feud with kanye not just because of this but because of all the noise that's been generating online. Yeah, for a while it seemed like it was inescapable to yeah. go online and search something with Drake without seeing it being related back to Kanye and vice versa. Yeah, but I honestly, I tried to tune that out when listening to this album. You know, because I didn't want that rivalry to to guide my listening experience, you know? No, I, I completely agree with that. And I also want to say on my behalf is that... I don't understand, coming from a music standpoint, what one artist has to do with another. And I mean this in the sense that you can appreciate both Kanye and Drake as musicians, and you can listen to both Kanye's latest album, Donda, and Drake's latest album, CLB, without having to choose sides of which one's better and you know just which artist is better and this rivalry doesn't have to be between the fans and the fan bases and communities that both artists have built i mean it's a big w for hip-hop all around in my opinion and you can appreciate each in their own right 
And I just really don't get why people have to compare and take jabs and bring somebody down in the process to make the other um, album or artist stand out and seem like they're better. And it's just, it's ridiculous to me. So yeah, I just don't understand the hype in trying to bring down another person's artistry or fan base and attacking each other between the communities of fans. I, for me, it's definitely a win all around for hip hop. And to be honest with you, these guys are going to continue to win off of this no matter what. If not, it just builds even more hype for people to listen to both, even if they want to retaliate and compare the albums and, you know, make the argument that one album or one artist is better than the other. So it's in the benefit of both Drake and Kanye regardless. For people to hate on a on an artist and an album usually to have any type of argument you would still have to go listen to it yeah and listen not to pat ourselves on the back like meeting you and me but i feel like we are in that minority of people who really pride themselves on being impartial in terms of what artists they listen to you know i feel like a lot of people just have that loyalty towards specific artists and you know they they take sides because of that loyalty you know Whereas, yeah, yeah. you know, people, people like you and me, we don't have a problem in, in, you know, listening to two sides of an argument, so to speak, and really just enjoying them both. Yeah, man. I mean, to do a job like this, you really have to be objective. You know, I know you said in the intro that I'm a massive Drake fan, uh, which is, definitely is the case. But at the same time, just because that is the case does not mean that I'm automatically going to disregard Kanye out of the conversation and not give him a chance or his albums a chance because of this ongoing feud that they have back and forth. Exactly. You know, in in my opinion, you know, there's no point to you know, sniping at another artist or their fan base. There's plenty of love to go around. <laughs> exactly. And and honestly, there's something for everybody. Like, that's another thing that we want our listeners to take away from this, that something for everybody, there's a genre for everybody, there's an audience for every artist out there. You shouldn't have to do that. If your art is good, that should speak volumes and it'll speak for itself without you having to do that. Um, and I exactly. and I recognize that it's not necessarily, you know, the the artists telling their fan bases what to do. It's just people taking it upon themselves to troll each yeah, other and go absolutely. back and forth. But I just want absolutely. to make that point very clear. Absolutely. <laughs> and with that being said, you can imagine the thoughts, the many thoughts that I have about this album and going into this album. And that's. A perfect segue what i'm definitely interested to hear what you know but what you feel about this album because i know that you know in the in the weeks leading up to this the one thing i kept thinking about was lisa must be super excited for this you know if, you know she was just as excited when scorpion came out i i definitely want to know what she thinks about this and when i saw how polarizing this album was um i was even more interested to know what you think so honestly uh, this moment right here has been, you know, weeks coming. So let's see. What what do you think about this album? 
first of all, I just want to say that is a fantastic word to describe this album is polarizing. So, yeah, I just want to throw that out there. And, um, yeah, I just, oh, I don't know. Where do I even start? Okay. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I know I'm not one to really ask you too many questions. It's usually me in the hot seat because you love to put me on the spot as our, <laughs> as our fans know. Um, but I guess the one question that's been on my mind uh, in the time leading up to this episode did this album meet or destroy your expectations in any way? Like, did, did it did it satisfy you or did, or did it disappoint you? I don't know how you're going to take this, but here goes nothing. I actually, upon first listen, was disappointed. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I will tell you why I was disappointed upon first listen. It's because of the album rollout and the hype that was built around this album and the expectation. And to go into detail of that, what I mean by that is the fact that the album got delayed so many times. The rollout of the album was extremely frustrating because the album was supposed to come out back in 2020 and it kept getting pushed back. Drake came out with a single that was supposed to be supposedly a promotional single for Certified Lover Boy and that was Laugh Now, Cry Later, featuring Little Dirk, and that came out in August of 2020. And to even backtrack even further back, he came out with a mixtape called Dark Lane Demo Tapes, and that was supposed to be just like a little preview of what was to come to hold people over until the album dropped later on that year. And then with that also being said, he dropped two singles with DJ Khaled. Now, Granted, that was for DJ Khaled's latest album. The singles were called Pop Star and Grease. They came out at the same time, but that also built a lot of hype. That was during the summer of last year as well. So throughout the summer, even though Drake did not drop CLB in the summer of last year, throughout the summer, he still was able to uh, retain people's attention because he dropped Dark Lane demo tapes right before the summer started and then he had those songs with DJ Khaled and then he had the promotional single or so I thought and so a lot of people thought with Little Dirk back in August of 2020 and then uh, to continue the rollout of CLB he started making hints towards merchandise and sending celebrities fellow celebrities merchandise packages with CLB merch And then he made a drop with CLB merch for his fans for people to go and check that out. And that was sold out instantly within like minutes. It was sold out probably even seconds if we really want to get down to it. And then when his birthday rolled around last year, which was a couple months later, he made the announcement that he was going to drop CLB in the beginning of 2021 in January and he dropped this whole trailer and the trailer was basically a fusion of all of his projects up until now. There was references to um, various albums and uh, that just got people even more excited for what was to come because they were thinking that oh it's gonna be you know it's gonna have the same sound and feel as take care or oh it's gonna have the same sound and feel of nothing was the same scorpion the list goes on you know and then once january 2021 arrived 
it got pushed back again. Because he didn't give a specific date in January, people were literally waiting every Friday, or I should say every Thursday night at 11.59 <laughs> to see when the album was going to drop, and it never did. And then he makes an announcement saying that it's getting delayed again. And so the fans grew to be really frustrated by the constant delays of the album but then also it continued building this tremendous hype of wow he's really working on his craft he's really trying to perfect these songs they're really trying to mix and master and edit and go over everything to um, make it top notch to make it better than anything that we've heard before from Drake and from his team and that's why it keeps getting pushed back. So then after the album did not release back in January of 2021 earlier this year, people became kind of restless and more, you know, frustrated with the situation. So what does Drake do? He drops another mixtape or EP, whatever you would like to call it, and it is called Scary Hours 2, which is the sequel to Scary Hours back in 2018. And then once again, Scary Hours 2 got people hyped up even more and only increased the excitement for the album to come because that was a three-song mixtape project and every song on there is a banger. So between Dark Lane demo tapes and, you know, the select tracks off of there that were really decent, and then the singles with Khaled, Popstar, and Grease, and then Laugh Now, Cry Later, and then the merch releases, and then, you know, this Scary Hours 2, the sequel to Scary Hours 1 mixtape, there was a lot of hype that was surrounding this album before its release. So... With all that being said, with the amount of delays and hype and taking all of that into account, by the time September 3rd rolled around and Certified Lover Boy dropped, I was expecting this to be the best Drake project. And I have to tell you, upon first listen, I was extremely disappointed because I felt like the album in its entirety is really disjointed. He's rehashing a lot of the same themes and recycling a lot of the same themes that he's already spoken about in the past. I was expecting a lot more growth. And also with the theme that he had going on with Certified Lover Boy and the merch that he released and all the promotion and stuff that he was hinting towards before the release, I really thought it was going to be more of a concept album than anything else and that doesn't seem to be the case and um with its length you know being on the lengthier side that you know that also scorpion was let's just say in comparison scorpion was a double album it had a side a and a side b you know i know some people go back and forth about which side is better and you know which which half of it is the weaker side and stuff like that but um there there was that concept there of creating the double album and having one side be straight up 
heat in terms of the lyricism and the hard-hitting lyrics and the storytelling and then the other side was the more R&B type of earworm choruses and just really big standout moments so on scorpion with god's plan that is one of the biggest songs that drake has ever dropped and i mean in the terms of mainstream and getting radio play and you know all the hype surrounding that song it's one of drake's biggest songs to date and there's definitely none of that on this album for me personally in terms of a song that could be bigger than god's plan but that's not even where I'm getting at it's more so just it feels disjointed it feels a lot of it feels rehashed and recycled I just thought that there was going to be a lot more growth from Drake during this time especially because now he is a father and I thought that you know he would have more reflection on yeah yeah I agree fatherhood and the trials and tribulations of being a single dad and and trying to navigate that and just so there's that aspect and then just in general the lyrical content of I feel like he's in a different phase of his life but that's just not being represented here so yeah that was a little bit disheartening for that and then also in terms of criticism The last thing that I would want to say about this album is the cherry on top, the album artwork. I mean, (laughs) I know the album artwork has created a lot of buzz on the internet and a lot of companies replicating it and and, uh, reposting it with their own brand stuff and all that and it becoming a meme, essentially. Before the album was released and the cover was revealed, I really thought that he was trolling. And I'm like, there's no way this could be the actual cover. It's just to get people talking and to build more conversation around this album. And then once the album actually dropped and I saw that, no, this is in fact the cover for this album, I rolled my eyes so incredibly hard. And, uh... That was another disappointment just in and of itself, the fact that it felt like there was zero thought being put into that. And uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're definitely right. This is a definitely disjointed album, at the very least lyrically, because, you know, he just doesn't seem to know like what he wants to, to rap about or sing about, you know? I just feel like there has been so much that has gone on since the release of scorpion that Mm -hmm. this album should have been nothing but filled with material from drake's personal life and not Mm -hmm. even just from drake's personal life if he didn't want to touch upon you know his own personal struggles but just about the world what's been going on in society or the pandemic or just you know there's just so many things that could have been discussed that were completely overlooked Exactly. But when you have to hear about, you know, <laughs> when, when you have to hear for like what feels like the millionth time about, you know, looking out for snakes, quote unquote, or just people that are untrustworthy who are just waiting to get their chance to, you know, bring you down from the top. It's like, OK, we get it. You know, you don't trust a lot of people. You know, you, you've been saying that for the past five songs. It gets old. On, I'm only on song number eight, you know? Listen, for me personally, this is definitely a step back 
from Scorpion. And that's just my personal opinion. Anybody mm-hmm. that's listening to this is allowed to disagree with me firmly on that. That's fine. But for me personally, just because the expectation was so high and I just feel like this album is all over the place. It has no sense of direction. It doesn't know what kind of album it wants to be. And then additionally, what I want to add to that as well is everything that was released prior to this album, to me, more than half of it was better than what actually ended up on the album. And once again, people can agree or disagree with me on that. But you know, some of the songs on Dark Lane demo tapes in my opinion, were a lot stronger than what ended up on this album. I think the two promotional singles that went to DJ Khaled's album were a lot stronger, a hell of a lot stronger, in fact, as far as mainstream and radio play than what ended up on this album. The promotional single, or what was supposed to be the promotional single, because the album got delayed and pushed back so many times, with Little Dirk, Laugh Now, Cry Later, That was a tremendous song that a lot of people grew to love and that didn't even make it on the album because so much time had passed. And then most recently, before the album dropped, you had Scary Hours 2 and literally every single track, I know it was only three tracks on that little mixtape to hold us over, was better than majority of what was on this album. So that is also very disheartening because it's almost like you know, unless you're a hardcore Drake fan, these projects, other than the DJ Khaled promotional singles for his album, because those were, were huge, but other than that, for Scary Hours 2, the mixtape, and Dark Lane demo tapes, those projects are completely going to get overlooked unless you are a diehard Drake fan. But by yeah, by course. the general public, people are really not, it's not going to be on their radar, which is a shame. Yeah, of course. Yeah in the sense of the material on there, on those projects versus the material here. Yeah, absolutely. And to speak to your, to further speak to your point about just the disjointed nature of this album, speaking about the guest spots specifically, a lot of them really, and this is just me personally, a lot of the guests didn't really add anything to the songs, you know? Some of the guest spots on these tracks, the guests actually end up carrying the song. That's, you know, that's one thing I heard about it. That's one thing I heard about this album going into it. And I thought to myself, well, let, let me see for myself if, if I agree. Um, me personally, I definitely liked some guest spots more than others. So, for example, Rick Ross, Little Wayne, they, of course, were on fire uh, on their respective song. Um, of course, Kid Cudi was amazing, in my opinion. I really loved his vocals. Uh, Gideon, which you introduced me to basically during the VMAs. Uh, I thought his performance was awesome as well. But then others, you know, like uh, Future, Young Thug, Little Baby, this is just me personally. I really don't feel like they said really anything different than what Drake was really saying. You know, I, I feel like they just kind of said more of the same in terms of, uh, you know, the lyrics pertaining to the songs they were featured on. Jay-Z, however, he was definitely a standout for me personally. I loved his verse on Love All. In particular, I love when he says, uh, you know the price of everything but the value of nothing. I really love that lyric. I thought that was definitely heavy hitting. But uh, but yeah, you know, to me it was kind of like, a, I don't know, um, half of them I felt like really carried the song and the other half, you know, I don't really feel like they added anything. 
but that's just me personally. So I also just want to, you know, make a shift here real quick because I don't want people to think that I am just straight up disappointed with this album and that I have nothing positive to say about it. And I'm just going on this long rant about how my expectations were crushed and destroyed. In fact, if I had to describe the album as a whole, I would say the album has really high highs as well as extremely low lows. And that's what I'm referring to when I make the criticism of it feeling disjointed and all over the place and it doesn't know what it wants to be because you really have a grab bag here of both the good and the not so great. But going into the good, um, for me personally, there's a lot of standout features on this album and even so much so that some of the features either are on par with Drake or sometimes end up carrying the track itself. So there's that. And then also on this album, I want to point out that with repeated listens and as I continually listen to it time and time again, it really has grown on me. There's a lot of songs and a lot of moments on this album that have really grown on me over time that maybe I didn't appreciate as much upon first listen compared to going over them now and going back to them and really just taking everything in because as we spoke about at the beginning of this episode it is a lengthy album and there is a lot here to try to absorb and take in all at once so I think that also has a lot to do with it a lot of these songs would be considered quote-unquote sleeper tracks where you would have to really take the time to dissect and you know replay it and go over it again and with each replay and with each listen I appreciate certain aspects of this album and certain songs that much more than I did upon first listen so with that, I just want to throw out some honorable mentions before we get into our top five favorites. And then obviously we're going to get into our least favorite as well. But just some quick honorable mentions that I just want to quickly go over are the tracks Get Along Better, 7am on Bridal Path, Fountains, and Yeba's Heartbreak. I wanted to highlight some of these honorable mentions because even though they did not make my top five, they were extremely close to making my top five. And that's a good chunk of the album right there. If you take into account those songs in additional to my top five, that's a good chunk of the album that you can say is quality, at least in my opinion. So with Get Along Better and Fountains and Yeba's Heartbreak, these are traditional R&B kind of tracks for Drake, and these are really shining standout moments, in my opinion, on the album in terms of his singing and the lyrical content and just what people have grown to appreciate and love about Drake as far as the aspect of the R&B side of Drake. And then with 7am on Bridal Path, it was so close to making my top five. It just missed being on my top five because as you know, Eric, I really appreciate Drake's R&B side, but I appreciate his hard-hitting lyricism as well. I think people do not give him enough credit when it comes to that, but when he turns this on and when he's in the zone and focused, he can really churn out 
some great lyricism, some great analogies, some great wordplay, and this track is definitely a standout and a highlight of what he's capable of when he is in the zone and he's spitting just straight fire. To the point of people not giving him enough credit for that, please go back to What a Time to Be Alive, the album between Future and Drake. He has some of the most hard-hitting lyrics that he's ever had in his career on that project, so I would make the argument there, but just in general, 7am is definitely, you know, that would be a sin if I did not mention 7am as uh, an honorable mention. It was very close to making my top five, but just, just missed out. What about you, Eric? Do you have any honorable mentions before we get into our top five today? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I'm on the same boat as you. I found a very decent amount of songs on the album that I really liked. Certainly a lot that I had to really think about before picking a top five. Uh, some of my honorable mentions are definitely 7am on Bridal Path. Uh, Get Along Better, You Only Live Twice. That one was definitely a standout. And I Am Y2. Kid Cudi did an awesome job. I really loved his presence on that song. And I also really like In the Bible even though it's one of the ones that's in the in the you know first half of the album and i also like i said before i like Givion's presence on that one as well i thought he did an amazing job you're absolutely right uh the tone of his voice is very beautiful it was perfect for this song yeah yeah totally love him love his work so far yeah, yeah so those are my honorable mentions and just so we can get the negativity out of the way you know i always love to end things on a positive note what was your least favorite track if you had to just skip a song over when you go back and revisit and listen to the album? What would your least favorite track be? So this one was a little difficult to narrow down in terms of... It was between two. And the one I ended up going with is Way Too Sexy. <laughs> you know, how did I know? I had a feeling that it was going to be either this one or another one. But, um, yeah, I'm glad that you brought it up because I do want and listen, it's to... not it's it's not because it, you know, samples that right side Fred song. It's not that. It's just the whole thing. The whole thing is just you think it's too narcissistic, too narcissistic. Uh, I don't relate to it at all. Uh, and honestly, it was it was between this and the girls like girls. That's actually a perfect segue because Girls Want Girls featuring Little Baby was my least favorite track on this album. Okay, I thought it was Girls Like Girls, sorry. Yeah, so that was actually my least favorite song on this album. And I had a deep, deep-rooted feeling that for you, it was going to be either Way Too Sexy or Girls Want Girls, just because I know you really well. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, I don't know which... I don't know which one of these two, like, like, honestly, like when I was trying to decide which one to pick for my least favorite, I'm like, which one is the more uh, narcissistic of the two? You know, I was super <laughs> close to picking, I was super close to picking girls want girls. But what's so funny is that when I picked way too sexy, I was like, well, it doesn't matter because I know that if I pick way too sexy, Lisa is definitely going to pick girls want girls. Yeah, you and had that right. feeling? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was right. I'm, I'm glad that I was right because, you know, 
Eric, we know each other so well. It's actually ridiculous. It's kind of scary. Because once again, we went into this blind. Neither of us knew what each other had picked for least favorite and the top five favorites, which we're about to get to. So it just goes to show um, how our relationship is (laughs) both on air and off air. Yeah. And I know you so well that, you know, as soon as I heard that song, I'm like, oh, yeah. Instant skip. Instant skip for me. Not exactly. Like as soon as I heard it, the even the first time I was like, "Oh yeah, this is totally Lisa's least favorite." Oh man! <laughs> and you know what? It really. Um, when I was listening to the album for the very first time, of course, I listened to it right when it dropped at midnight. You know, from September second going into September third, and mm-hmm. it's it's high up there on the track list. I remember once starting out the album and getting to that point and being like, "Uh oh." and um having the feeling of like i hope that there's better songs to come because so far <laughs> yeah, yeah. so far That's... this album has been a real dud i know we're a couple yeah. songs in here and there hasn't been anything that i've really uh gravitated yeah, towards yeah. so i was concerned <laughs> to okay. say the least yeah it's like it's like this was my original least favorite and then i went further down the track list and i found way too sexy i'm like of course how did i forget this one you know so just really quick, my opinion on both of these songs, um, I will say going with my least favorite first and foremost is it is just, oh, I don't even know, I could make a whole episode in itself about the concept behind the song, but we don't have enough time for that. I will just say that this song has been extremely recycled and, you know, just it's corny, it's played out it is just completely immature and people are going to be like oh lisa like you're just offended by it and really honestly has nothing to do with that it more so has to do with the fact of just like this is the low hanging you know the lowest hanging fruit i feel like that drake could grab just for you know a couple of buzzwords in it and it's it turned into an instant meme this track for me has zero redeeming qualities and i could say wholeheartedly it's the only track on the album that i instantly skip every time i'm listening through so there's that i just think it's corny i think it's corny and then to segue into way too sexy um i think that song's corny too (laughs) to be quite honest with you I will say why it's not my least favorite on the album because to me it is a fun song to just, um, you know, dance to and aimlessly enjoy in the background, you know. For when things go back to somewhat normalcy after this pandemic is over, when people start returning to clubs again and parties and actively go out again. I know this song is going to be a hit in those types of spaces, so I'm not really too mad at that because it is definitely something to to get people up and dancing. It has a nice you know beat i do appreciate the sample i'm too sexy by right said fred yeah so i i do enjoy uh the sample from said song but as far as the lyrics on the track i mean they're just super corny and uh it's hard to really take it seriously and i don't really think Mm -hmm. that we're supposed to be taking it seriously at least i hope not so yeah exactly, exactly with that being said 
you know, at least with this one, it's a little bit more like fun loving and it has that party vibe to it. It has a good beat. I appreciate the sample from it. So it's just it's more enjoyable to me personally than uh, Girls Want Girls. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. And I agree. You know, I I get the 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 point of the song way too sexy. It's not meant to be taken seriously, but, you know, it, it just doesn't show with me. Personally. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I really don't blame you. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we got our least favorite out of the way, you know, Eric, I always like to end on a positive note, never with the negativity around here. We have our top five favorites because there are a lot of standout moments on this album. You know how I'd like to describe this album? It was like a seesaw effect. You know, the highs were very high and the lows were pretty low. That's probably the most perfect way to describe this album well done let's start with number five i'll swing it on over to you what was your fifth pick on your top five well i'll be honest this was definitely difficult to put in a five to one order but i did it so to kick off my list the song that takes my number five spot is love all excellent choice excellent choice yeah it's just one of those you know straight hip-hop songs on the album production is awesome and like i said before jay-z just really brings that song to new heights so that's why that's my number five jay-z's verse is one of the best verses in my opinion on this album without a doubt Mm -hmm. that's it's one of those songs where you know the guest just really gives it that extra flair you know a hundred percent so how about you what song made your number five spot Okay, coming in at number five, I put Race My Mind. Really? I did, yes. So Race My Mind made my top five because this track is irresistible in the sense of sonically, musically, the instrumental, Drake's vocal. This is a really standout track for Drake's vocals on this track. I mean, this is just a track that can get stuck in your head so easily. I catch myself so many times just humming along or singing along and I won't even be listening to it and somehow I always go back to it the only gripe that I have with it is the lyrics to me I think it's lyrically weak it's kind of whiny and pathetic sounding not really my cup of tea in the lyric department but as far as the vocals with Drake and sonically just how it sounds itself I wish there were more tracks like this to be honest with you on this album yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that last point. So my fourth spot goes to In Too Deep. Nice, another great track. Yeah, this this song is one of those songs where Drake's vocal really carries it along. I mean, of course, I love, like I said, the very minimalistic electric guitar. The bass is fantastic. The shift in the song is fantastic. But I feel like it's Drake's voice that really you know, propels the song along. He is just on another level with with his vocal. This is another track that has an extremely high replay factor. For me personally, I love the fact that it sounds like two songs combined into one. And I love that you chose this for to be in your top four as your fourth pick. All right. So what song takes your number four spot? I know that you won't be surprised that it made my list. I don't know if you'll be surprised that it made it at number four, but... The song is You Only Live Twice, featuring Rick Ross and Lil Wayne. I'm a little bit surprised that it uh, 
that it made number four. But you're right. The fact that it's on your top five isn't surprising at all. It made my fourth spot because there are lyrically three tracks that I think without a doubt are the standouts of this album. So it just was shy of my top three. This is a song that you can say that everybody stood up to the plate on this one. You got Rick Ross and Drake and they never miss on a song. I don't care what anybody says. They are just such a great duo. But then you also have Drake and Lil Wayne and they are another combination from the Young Money days. You know, all the OG fans out there. And obviously, this is a song that could be considered a sequel to You Only Live Once. And I just love the energy of the song. Very high energy. Very just like in your face. I love Rick Ross on this track. I love how Rick Ross starts the track. I love how Wayne ends it with a mic drop moment. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is just a really fun one. And much needed energy for this album. It's definitely one of those, you know, straight through hip hop songs on the album. And you're right. Little Wayne gives it that perfect, you know, finishing touch. So, Eric, now we're heading into top three territory. Now, I don't take this very lightly, okay? Because I know that our listeners might think that we were hating on this album. I, I completely disagree. Uh, constructive criticism is definitely more like it than anything else because... It was hard to make a top five, let alone settle on what's going to be in your top three. What made your third spot? So this one is a no-brainer for me. Now, listen, you're more of an expert on Drake than I am. So you can correct me if I'm wrong here by, by saying this. But I feel like this is one of those you know songs that has a very classic Drake feel to it. But I picked Fountains as my number three because... It really reminds me of One Dance. You yeah. Know, it's really, really got that, you know, tropical dance hall kind of feel to it. And upon first listen, I didn't know where I was going to rank it, but I definitely knew it would be among my top three for sure because it's a very irresistible song. I can absolutely see this being a live staple. And my favorite thing about it is the interplay between yeah. Drake and the between Drake and his guest. These are all tracks that, honestly, in the future, it could be a toss-up. Just because we're making this episode right now, these are where the numbers lie for us personally, but that doesn't mean over time that certain songs can't grow on us more or be interchangeable. The only thing that I'll say about this track is I wish that it was released prior to the album. I wish that he released this over the summer. It has that tropical vibe. I think it would have went over really well during the summertime. So it's a shame just with the timing of everything that it might end up getting lost in the shuffle. I hope not. But definitely, I can understand why this made your top three. Okay, so what made your number three spot? Okay, so for my number three spot, I chose the track Love All. And I'm glad that it made both of our top fives featuring Jay-Z. I'm not going to get too deep into it because we already touched upon this before. But Jay-Z really brought his A-game to this track. I mean, standout feature on this album. And I just love the whole concept behind the track lyrically. I think this is such a strong one. Definitely a standout. Definitely one that I'll be going back to continually. And yeah, love all. Drake and Jay-Z. What a combo. Wholeheartedly agree, man. Great pick. What made your number two spot? 
So the song that made my number two spot is The Remorse. You know, I'm always, I'm always one for, you know, really having a thing about closing songs on albums. To me, the conclusion of any album should be just as strong as the beginning and the middle, if possible. And, you know, I always love it if, I always love it when the song ends really strongly, you know, but uh, if, if I feel that the closing song on an album is underwhelming, it's not that it ruins all the other songs that came before it, but, you know, it, it doesn't feel definite, you know what I mean? So I'm glad that in this case, you know, the final song on the track list was a strong one. And of course, the lyrical content is really awesome. I love that he just kind of gives a comprehensive overview of what he's been through without sounding too repetitive. You know what I mean? Uh, Drake definitely stuck the landing on this one. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with that. All right. So what is your number two? So for my number two, I went with No Friends in the Industry. Okay, cool. Interesting choice. Yeah, Eric. I mean, No Friends in the Industry is just such a vibe. I love this song. It gets me so hyped up. It's such a good song to work out to, to throw on while you're at the gym, to just get you hyped up before you go out. I mean, in general, this song reminds me of some songs that were on Scorpion, like Mob Ties, for instance. Um, And it's just one of those that gets me really excited and i just love how hard hitting it is i love the content of the lyrics on this track and i think drake really showed up for this one and this is a shots fired type of track okay so eric i'm gonna hit you with a drum roll for your top pick because this is this is it we've made it we've climbed the mountain we made it to the top all right here we go Eric's number one pick. So, my number one pick, and you're going to think this is funny, it is Race My Mind. Race My Mind. Wow. Yeah. I agree with with everything you said. Lyrically, maybe the song is not his best, but the production value, his vocal, it all is just so awesome. You're right. It's definitely an earworm. I wish there were more songs like yeah, this, you know, similar to yeah. similar to what I said with Fountains. I wish that, you know, there were songs that sounded more like this. I can definitely see the replay factor being high for this with a lot of people. It certainly is for me. And, you know, again, I, I just wish that the lyrics were on par with everything else in the song. But, um, you know, maybe next time. But for the time being, this is what takes my number one spot. I am super excited, as are our listeners, I'm sure, to know what your number one is. Okay, so the song that makes my top spot, my number one of the album, a song that I will continue to play for years to come, no matter what, is Fair Trade featuring Travis Scott. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Going back to me talking about Drake collaborating with fellow musicians, you have Rick Ross, you have Future, you have Lil Wayne. These are his go-to people. And Travis Scott is in that same lineup where once they get together and once they get on a track, it's extremely hard for them to miss. It's just that uh, 
you know, golden pairing. Now, I know this song isn't, you know, it's not a sicko mode, but at the same time, the replay factor for this song, the content of, you know, the, the quality of the lyrics, the production, Travis's verse mixed with Drake's hard-hitting lyrics, and uh, that one line specifically in the chorus that says, I've been losing friends and finding peace, but honestly, that sounds like a fair trade to me. Whew, Eric, Eric, pure heat. Come on, man. Listen, it's something we both can relate to oh, at yeah. this point in our lives. Oh, yeah. And you know what, guys? The older that you get, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, um, you know, I would say fortunately more than not because, listen, the, the lesson within the song is sometimes less is more. And when you look around at your inner circle, it's better to have quality over quantity it brings me peace <laughs> listening to this song. <laughs> and uh, yeah, without a doubt, this had to be the standout track for me. My number one. I love this song. I am absolutely in love with this song. Since this album came out on September 3rd, I have played this song once a day. At least once a day. And I'm not lying about that. Okay, so the replay factor is definitely high with you. <laughs> Maybe it's just where I am in life right now, but I'm just like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, you know? very true. I mean, certainly, you know, some songs that had nothing to do with you, you know, yesterday may have everything to do with you today. There you so. go. There you go. And there you have it, you guys. That is our top five. And just, you know, to sum it all up all around, I just want to congratulate Drake because this album already went platinum. Wow. Wow. And the month's not even over yet. so <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that is crazy. It's continually raking in an insane amount of streams, uh, regardless of it being out for three weeks at this point. And uh, I got to give it to Drake because no matter what, his fans come through for him. And this is the thing, though. This is the argument that I, I will leave this episode on, okay? Drake, because him being Drake, is always going to pull numbers. However, does that mean that the project is just as good as the stats that it's getting? And that's an open-ended question that I would love to leave on that note for our listeners because I would love to have that discussion. Oh, yeah, that would definitely be another discussion, you know, in and of itself. But I will say this. When he said that even his losing nights are still alive, he was not kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That is for sure, Eric. That is for sure. You can never count Drake out of the conversation. So congratulations to Drake on Certified Lover Boy. Is it my favorite Drake album personally? No. But at the same time, even with it being a grab bag, there were a lot of standout tracks and highs on this album. It's just unfortunate that between the album rollout and, you know, it getting constantly delayed, it definitely impacted how I listened to the album. But however, I will say with repeated listens and over time, if you were to ask me a couple of months from now, a year from now, this album is a real grower. I will say that. And a lot of the songs continue to grow on me. So we might have to check back in on this one. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. 
Okay, guys, so we want to know how you felt about Drake's Certified Lover Boy. What were your favorite tracks? What were your least favorite tracks? We want to know it all, you guys. So please head over to www.musicmattersmedia.com and let us know over there. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. And make sure you stay tuned for our next episode.